Chuetel Ogio 4. Is that how you say it? Chuetel. Yeah, I think it's Chuetel Ogio 4. Okay. Uh, Dave did a good job saying it <laughs> on one of, uh, you know, when he was talking about like the movies that are coming up mm-hmm. and, and he said it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Like he must have rehearsed it like four times. <laughs> yeah. Usually if I'm like by myself, like doing the little intros to the show, I'll get on YouTube and watch something like four or five times and try to like mimic it if it's like a tough one. I think there's a like a channel where you just um, they they have like somebody pronouncing people's mm. names, you know. Like I I think they have one for like NBA players and stuff too. Hello and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Hello and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions. Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake, do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Thank you for joining us where we are going to compare uh, The Secret and the Eyes, the original movie called El Secreto de Sus Hoyos. Um, obviously, I didn't take Spanish, so I apologize if I offended anybody with uh, you know mispronouncing the the title. There, it's a 2009 Argentine crime thriller, crime thriller uh, directed by Juan Jose Campanella, and it stars Ricardo Darín, Soledad Villami, Villamil, Guillermo Francella, Francella, Pablo. Right, you know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a lot of very talented actors. They're very, very talented. <laughs> Just the uh, good God, those names. You um, know, um, I don't. I don't think it was my intention, but I'm coming off as a, a genius for having the format P that you introduce the original film and then I do the remake because usually the remake is always uh, an English language title. It's usually American. So uh, I think, yeah, I think I've coasted so far. So you're really going to have to start, like, programming some movies to where uh, there was, like, a foreign uh, remake of an American thing just just to screw me over. And, you know, I I think it's funny. The one time where you actually did introduce the original, it's like Halloween or something. You know, like two American (laughs) movies. (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, I was helping you out with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it was a very tough pronunciation there. Right. Yeah, I sure, sure appreciate that. Yeah, three three names is really hard to pronounce. Uh, this movie it it won uh it won the Oscar for best foreign language film. Um, so that's that's uh, pretty awesome. This I did movie, not know that. Um, yeah. Go, like when we selected, it, I didn't know it was that uh, acclaimed. I just you know saw that it was being remade. So. I was kind of kicking myself, which I don't know about you, but uh, I watch the Oscars every year and have a little party, and we have the most fun because we do like a little ballot, and we try to see who can mm. get the most right. And it's kind of like a political campaign, so if you're sort of paying attention, uh, you kind of know who's going to win most years, like as far as the bigger awards. Uh, but we have fun with foreign language because most of us at the party have not seen any of them. Uh, right. They don't make their way like so. We're just going off that little like five second where they read off the name and then the little clip they play behind it. We try to figure out what will win based on that. Um, I bet I didn't pick the secret in their eyes. I don't know. And I usually try to pick the sort of uh, most absurd or like kind of out there clip. And I, based on what we saw watching this film, I don't think any of it's really absurd. It's 
pretty standard kind of procedural, really. Unless yeah. unless they showed that crazy soccer sequence, which we'll get to later. Right. Um, now, okay, so retiree Benjamin Esposito, what, what is his actual um, like role? What What is he? Is he a counselor? Because I, I think they call him counselor and he doesn't like it, but he's like... He's like call a, him counselor and don't they also call him like sheriff? I mean... A, like, deputy something? Uh, yeah, clearly uh, I'm not familiar with the, uh, I guess, the law enforcement sort of roles that are used over there because yeah, uh, as a, as a dumb American, I had a hard time trying to figure out, wait, what is his, like, what is his job? And then I, I sort of just cast that aside and was like, okay, he's just like an investigator of some sort, some sort of detective. I don't know. Cause he, he, he's never seen with a badge or anything. Right. So no. Um, yeah. Which they, they, it- they clarify a little bit more in the, this new remake, but even that's right. a little different from just a normal sort of cop role. Yeah, so he is called to a uh, a murder of of one Liliana Coloto, and uh, basically it's a would you call it like a cat cat and mouse kind of thing? Uh, where it certainly he's becomes that. Killer. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, and then he, uh, I don't know. It's 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 really it's really different from the from the remake as far as their you know their their intentions and. Um, I think I think you just subbed me in there, and it is now my time to to explain you know what this remake is about. Yeah, basically, what I did was I fouled tw- uh, twice <laughs> in, in the first thirty seconds, and so I'm being subbed out for you because I wasn't doing a very good job at explaining this plot. Um, I I feel like yeah, once you come in and explain the American plot, it's it's you know they're not that far off. So. Yeah, uh, it's. This one is, uh, according to IMDb, it is a tight-knit team of rising investigators, which uh, in this particular, uh, you know, I guess political landscape, because uh, only in reading later uh, on Wikipedia about the original The Secret in Their Eyes did I understand sort of the political reasoning for what happens in the plot. Uh, I'm not, as I said, not familiar with their sort of legal process or law enforcement. So here it was something that I think most Americans of certain age will understand, which is uh, 9-11 uh, happens. And so this is a particular group of law enforcement in Los Angeles that is basically doing sort of like homeland security uh, style investigation on possible uh, terrorist threats in the city of Los Angeles. So the way this film starts off is, uh, and here's where I will butcher someone's name. So I did kind of get you know, screwed just with the lead actor here, who is the great uh, Chowatel. OGF4. OGF4. I don't. I don't know. Uh, apparently, our mutual friend Dave from Pop Culture Case Study uh, did a really great pronunciation of that. So if I'm editing this episode, maybe I'll just like have Dave's voice, like voice of God, podcasting God, comes in there. Um, he plays. He He's plays his voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Ray, and I, I do really like this actor. Even uh, going back into like uh, his uh, Serenity uh, sort of villain role um, before he he got sort of Oscar acclaim for uh, Twelve Years a Slave. He plays Ray, and so this is our main character, um, same as the original film. It is a male lead. The difference mainly here is that the victim, instead of it being a man's wife, it is a woman's daughter. That woman is played by Julia Julia Roberts and is Jess. And the other difference is that she's a colleague. She is also a law enforcement officer, uh, basically the partner of Ray. 
so in the original, you know, the victim, he comes to know him through the investigation. Here, he already knew uh, not only you know, Jess, but he knew the daughter. So he knows the victim uh, herself. Then you have Nicole Kidman, who plays Claire, who is sort of the, um, I guess, the romantic lead opposite of Ray. Very similar to the original. It's uh, someone, uh, a colleague that uh, here is a, a judge or eventually becomes uh, a judge. And uh, I thought she was like a DA or something. Is she a judge? I think she's a judge. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't think she's a DA. Um, but anyway, that is uh, Ray and Claire have a you know will they or will they not um, sort of romantic entanglement, um, which plays in the American version. It's sort of like a backdrop to this investigation. I would say in the original though that the the romance actually comes more to the forefront for a lot of uh, the film. So that's. It's one other change. But the main change you need to know is that uh, Julia Roberts, uh, the victim's mother, uh, plays a more active part in the American remake than in the, the original. So that sort of sets the stage for that. Yeah. Um, where, where do we want to go? Do we want to talk about some of the, the main differences or maybe well, – Let's start with characters? Julia Roberts. Let's start with Jess. Let's start with, you know, for one, making it a, a colleague – so making it the victim yeah. a part of this this law enforcement group's family, basically someone that they, you know, the 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 way that the killer comes into contact with her is at a like company picnic, basically. So yeah, did you like that change that everyone knew this victim as opposed to it just being like another case? I did. I kind of liked it that um, you know every you know people well mainly the uh, what is his name here. Um, Seifert, 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 the um, Michael Kelly character. Yes, House of Cards fame. Yeah, yeah. Um, now he, the the uh, person of interest is actually an informant, so it kind of, um, so he kind of runs deeper, you know, within the the de- department as opposed to in the original. Yeah, the original, it's a, a complete stranger. So. I was really thrown off by that watching the original because the reaction wasn't the same. Um, I did watch the remake first because that was going to be in the theater and it being like a mystery. I didn't want to be spoiled in the theater, you know, so I watched the uh, the remake first. So um, the I just felt the uh, reveal of the of the victim, you know, I think was uh, it worked for me better in the remake. Uh, it being, you know, Julia Roberts, daughter. I don't think that it overall worked better for me, but as far as the actual reveal, I think it's a extremely uh, powerful scene. Certainly, um, very emotional. Yeah, and that's where you get to see you know Ray's face uh, when when he's the one that makes the discovery because you see uh, how these cops and I mean rightfully so when they're going to a crime scene like you know it's, it's all business like they're they're. They they have to have that distance from it, and so he he peers over into this dumpster where the the body is, and um, it, it is even if you just I think stumbled into this movie and didn't really know, like say you missed the first five minutes, I think if you saw that scene, you would sit down and want to finish the movie just based on that that one scene with him and Julia Roberts. Uh, it's it's kind of hard not to be um, sort of emotionally sort of swept up in it when you see their their reaction, someone like losing their daughter like that. Um, and having to hit that switch to go from professional to like personal, like immediately. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it, it broke me, I'll, I'll be honest. And then when she climbed into the dumpster, too, it's just, you know, I mean, I, I have three kids of my own, so uh, it, uh, it 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 really got to me, that scene. So I do think there's something interesting about, you know, making it personal. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to be a smartass there because you kind of hear that jokingly in, like, bad action movies. Like, now it's personal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously you have that great beat where it's Ray's face just sort of taking it in. Um it sort of reminded me of that that moment in uh, Mystic River uh, with Kevin Bacon, where he he recognizes that Sean Penn's daughter, and he's just he says like, you know, what am I going to tell him? You know, like how how do you tell basically like somebody that you know they're they're in for a world of pain, I think, or a world of hurt. This is his words. Um, now, me thinking, just being like a movie buff, watching this, I was like immediately sort of like into it, but then I pulled back because. I have to say that um, I don't think that Julia Roberts is like anywhere close to like Sean Penn or at least like his role in that film, like where he just becomes, he completely reverts back to this criminal that he was that like he becomes completely cold and calculating. Like he is on a mission to just find who murdered his daughter and get revenge basically. Like that's the only way he can deal with it. It was a little bit of a harder buy-in, I thought, for Julia Roberts because she she's asked to, unlike in the original where we don't really know the husband before this happens, like we just see him like after they tell him, mm. we, we see how she interacts with her coworkers, and she's a pretty like normal, you know, from what I can tell, upstanding, kind of uh, you know funny uh, partner to Ray, and she has to be asked through the course of the film to become this like completely all consumed person like consumed by vengeance and i i didn't think she pulled it off she pulled it off in that first scene but i thought later in the film like she has this um speech that she gives which is actually in the original where she's talking about people's passions like how you're going to find the killer is you sort of find out what their passions are because that something that nobody can drop they can disguise themselves but they're always going to come back to like you know what it is they love they're sort of these these habits that are ingrained in them and man, like unlike you, I watched the original the night before, and I felt like it played so much better in that than having Julia Roberts, as I said, try to do her best Sean Penn like to the camera, like become very cold, and I, I just didn't buy it. Yeah, that's a very great comparison, the uh, Mystic River, because that's exactly what I thought. And with uh, with the remake, with this um, this who's uh, who who's the um, the the person of interest? What was his name? Martin, no, no, that's Alfred Molina. Um, Marzen. Marzen, there we go. Uh, played by Joe Cole, who I've never seen before. Now, his character reminded me a lot of Paul Dano's character from uh, Taking Lives. So I felt like this movie, the remake anyway, more so, was was a little bit of Mystic River and Taking Lives. You seen that one with Angelina Jolie and Ethan Hunt or uh, Ethan Hawke? I didn't know he was. I forgot he's in that. Paul Dano's in that. Yeah, he, he um, spoiler alert for a really, what, 2003, I think is when it came out. But uh, Paul Dano played the younger version of Ethan Hawke. Okay, yeah. I remembered Ethan yeah. Hawke, but yeah, I didn't remember. Cool. Hmm. Yeah, so his uh, th- this guy reminded me a lot of that character. So he kind of took me out a little bit. And so that's that's one of the biggest changes there, that Marzen is, is you know, he's this informant. He's a complete stranger. And both movies do this, but... Um, both of our leads they they notice 
the this person of interest in pictures you know where there's you know they're staring at the victim which is 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 one of those tropes that really bothered me because it's not subtle in either film <laughs> not no they're not and uh because in the in the uh the original movie the victim and the person of interest they knew each other as kids you know they they kind of grew up uh with one another and again all these pictures you know the person of interest is staring at the at the victim there um so that was uh really different um what, i felt like the investigation was better in the original than uh here because um and maybe it was the use of flashbacks but you know, as I said, I mentioned the the passion speech that Julia Roberts gave. That I didn't really, I didn't really buy as much. Uh, one thing that they really changed is um, his, I, I guess, his partner. And me and Peter are completely confused as far as what their exact titles are. But um, his partner is a drunk, and throughout the film, that, that's another subplot. I, th- I feel like the original has a lot of subplots that they devote a lot of time to, which maybe mm-hmm. is just more of a foreign language film expectation I have that the American one just kind of, I guess, gets to it quicker, which it's it's mm-hmm. not that it's that much shorter. It is a shorter film, but uh, they cut out a lot of stuff. I think it's a disservice film. You have Dean Norris from uh, Breaking Bad who's playing that role, and so the, the American version, it's Bumpy Willis is his name. Mm-hmm. And so I'm immediately, you know, as I said, watching the original first, I was like, oh, cool, he's going to play like the drunk partner who has this like moment of clarity. Like, he... He has all these demons and these vices, but he's still able. Like in the original, the drunk guy is the one who kind of makes the biggest breakthrough in the in the investigation with that passion speech, because they 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 find these letters, which in the the remake is a comic book, which right. <laughs> I didn't understand why it was a comic book that this guy like drew. Like <laughs> in the in the the remake, they they're trying know. to bring in the the Marvel fans. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, in the remake, he's uh, he's a man of supposedly many passions. Like there's there's of course there's some you know red herrings in there, but uh, you know at different points he's a, a fan of comic books, uh, baseball, the Dodgers in particular, and car racing, street racing, and horses. Now, as yeah. I said, not all of that you know proves to be true, but they build up this character, and I was like, good God, they they the the you know the guy remaking this uh, was it um, Billy Ray Billy Ray. He really took that passion speech to heart. He's like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to give this murderer all sorts of passions, like, all over the place. But, you know, in the original, this drunk guy figures out that the letters are all references to uh, soccer players, or I guess they would say, you know, football players. And so he follows this one team, which sets up this uh, just completely bonkers scene uh, that I did read on uh, Wikipedia that it took them, like, I don't know, two months to prep this shot six months like in post on like cgi and like piecing it together um and i can't remember how long they spent filming it in the original where the camera basically never stops moving or at least it fakes like it never stops moving coming from the sky to the spot in the stands to finding this guy in this huge crowd a soccer game and chasing him all over the stadium until he runs out onto the field like so <laughs> okay you you watch the american one first yes can you understand my disappointment that we get a higher budgeted film, or at least I'm presuming higher budgeted, like Hollywood, like American made version of this. And they don't do that one single take that one, like sort of Birdman like kind of pseudo one take shot of this. Like it's, it's, it looks generic. It's just a generic like chase that you would see like on CSI or something. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And uh, it's funny that they even took like some of the elements from the original movie where uh, I'm going to call him Hank, but uh, Dean Norris's character, he jumps off of the, uh, I don't know, the second floor and, you know, kind of uh, breaks his ankle or something, which later on he's seen, you know, walking around with a cane. Well, the, the person of interest in the original movie, you know, he... He that that he's the one that that kind of that's really uh, the only reason they catch him. That's because he he just has to slow down. Got to slow down, yeah. yeah, and then running out into the field, which is you know one of the stupidest moves. But I mean, people. He's were a coming, fan, all right. He's passionate. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to play. He wanted to play. <laughs> you know, one of the things that uh, I did kind of catch, and I'm not sure if I'm using this term correctly, but the the motifs uh, of the of the eyes. You know, the the title is the, the secret in their eyes, and I feel like the original really played up on that. There's a lot of you know, watching the character's eyes, you know, uh, you know, um, for example, the, uh, it's not really an interrogation scene, but, uh, basically, uh, Esposito, he's got the, um, uh, what what is that guy? Gomez. He's got Gomez, you know, he's not really arrested because he can go as he pleases because he's got, he's not charged with anything. And, and then you have the, the love interest, uh, I forget her name. Irene. Oh yeah. Right. And so Irene, she's, you know, studying Gomez's face and she's looking at his eyes and, and things like that. But then later on uh, at the end of the movie, same thing between the, the exchange between Irene and uh, 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 Esposito, you know, th- there's this thing with the eyes. It's the framing of it where I, I feel like the, the remake, they don't do anything about that. Like they, it, there's nothing about the eyes and the, the reading of people or anything like that. There could have been. Uh, because they choose to put, you know, the basically the the victim's mother is in constant contact with our main characters, right? So you're you're seeing with these flashbacks how it sort of affected them in uh, different ways. You know, Ray has had to to quit. He's had to get away from it and kind of been doing it. I, guess, I think he says like in the private sector, like yes. he sort of leaves the the, the government job and, um, you know, by having just so close it seemed like they should have played upon the fact of what each of them knew or how it affected them um because the the victim the husband in that he has to make a point to go find him so he's not in the film as much you know it's just whenever he goes and uh, tracks him down i i I did feel like it also is alluded to with the framing device um in the original it starts in a train station and like it's also different in that you know they they basically have to stop because they're afraid of this guy. This guy basically has like government protection. Like he's some sort right. of operative. Like when, when they sort of nail him in that interrogation sequence and he, he attacks Irene, it happens the same way in the, uh, the, the remake. Except um, for the original shows his, uh, his, his, we get the goods. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we get a, a, a you know, a dick pic, oh, I guess. Boy, don't we, <laughs> um, you, you know, must I say, uh, my, uh this is, the third rape movie in a, in a row is it really yeah i mean the uh the the victim she was raped and brutally murdered is that what this podcast has become like how, we, I, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed yeah. to do a james bond episode in between and then peter and i just couldn't we just there's couldn't rape it. in there too i mean was james it? bond <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Sean Curry was it's, very it's forceful yeah that's true okay fair point so we're gonna have to work uh, in uh, like a you know a nice christmas movie here soon right. or something um, yeah but the, uh, the the original yeah the when they actually show the actual crime being committed i was like wow this is you know it it was kind of kind of violent light you know but it showed everything nudity and all so i was actually 
thrown off because uh, the, the remake's PG-13, so they don't show us some of these things that the original actually does. To me, that's weird because this... <laughs> I don't understand making it PG-13 because it is about a very uh, you know, dark crime. Uh, obviously, you know, we... I, I sort of was making fun of CSI earlier for how cheap it looks, but there's an entire show about, you know, sexual assault crimes. Um, so you can have that, you know, a watered down version of it, but who do they think the target audience is here? Do they think teenagers are just going to like be like fucking pumped for like secret in their eyes. Like I, I was like, why not just make it R just make it for adults. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Mystic river was rated R. Yes. And with, you know, with the language and the, the violence, you know, I mean, good reason. Yeah. Primal, primal fear, primal fear was rated R. You know. I, I will say though, the strangest thing, you know, I'm seeing it at the first showing here in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, it was eight o'clock on a Thursday night and, um, it wasn't, you know, wasn't crowded. This is not like the big release this weekend, but it was, you know, there, there was probably like 15 people in there, but the four people right in front of me were, uh, a couple and presumably their two children sitting on either end. And I would guess that the kids were like seven and five. Oh goodness. What? what in the world would they get out of seeing a movie like this? Like there's, it, there's not even really, I mean, there's one explosion. I think there's one car that blows up. They, they might've thought it was a movie about baseball. You know, I mean, I, I've never seen the trailer, <laughs> but um, yeah, in our theater, it was actually really small. Um, let me see. There was probably two other couples and I was there with three of my buddies. So we were actually the youngest ones in the theater all in, you know, early thirties. Um, one guy came in and then he ended up leaving. So I don't know if he was killing time for another showing of something else. <laughs> or maybe he's a huge fan of the original and he just <laughs> was was mad. Did he make it to the, the chase sequence in the uh, in Dodger Stadium? No, no, not not at all. Uh, early on, he he left, actually. That's the only reason why I thought that maybe he was killing time waiting for another movie uh, to, to play. Well, let's, let's, let's get back to the framing device because I do think that the original – starts out in a much more interesting way with that train sequence. And it's, I mean, it's meant to look like a dream. Like it has sort of a weird, you know, the the rest of the film other than the, uh, kind of like a filter. Yeah. Or... It just has this sort of like, like you're missing visual information purposely. Like everything else is not, you're not, your eyes focused on just these two people. And so you've got, uh, you know, Ben is on the, the, the train and then he's looking back at this woman and it sort of sets the story. And as you said, we have that, horrific sort of, you know, rape sequence where we know something terrible has happened and it sets up that he is uh, off the, uh, he's, he's out of, uh, you know, his government position and is writing a book about this crime. It's like, that you can tell it's haunted him. I also felt like the original focused way more on the age difference. Yes. I don't know how effective it was because at times you could clearly tell they're wearing like makeup, but I don't think they really fooled with that at all. Maybe with Julia Roberts a little bit, but I don't think with the other two actors, they really tried to, did you feel like Ray really changed age that much in the American oh, he, version? He had some graying, but I mean, Ray had the best line in the movie. He told Julia Roberts she looked like a million years old, <laughs> you know. And oh my god, like when when we saw her, uh, you know, in present time, I was like, wow, what what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah, she she looked like she had not slept ever since her uh, you know daughter was murdered, um, which plays into. Yeah, the big it twist does. of both films, which um, I don't. I feel like we have to talk about it, so I don't know yeah, if we just want yeah. to say this is the point where we're gonna we're gonna sort of reveal more in the spoilers. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna reveal the third act for for both films because it is it is a somewhat of a twist ending. Like I, I think you can certainly piece it together. Uh, it's not completely out there, but 
Um, I think this is maybe why it won the best foreign language film. It's, I mean, to me, that that's like the ending is somewhat the selling point. Um, before we do get into spoilers, for those that are actually tuning in to hear us, you know, decide or pick, you know, which one to watch the original, the remake, the remake. Do we want to do that now or? Yeah, um, I would say the original. Um, yeah, I I think it's. You know, it, it just it looks better. It's just like a this this looks like the high budget version, and is the, is the Academy Award winner. <laughs> and um, it's a, I mean, clearly there's different. I think they play up the romance more, which I don't know. Some people might like that. That's not as uh, you know, that's not like the you know the A plot in the uh, the 2015 version. For me, it sort of works because I think that the main difference between the two films is that the original. Because he doesn't know the the victim's uh, mother in this case, the, the husband's left behind. I think it plays into the the romance angle more because this is a very stiff character, Esposito. Uh, he's sort of made fun of by his partner uh, and others for not like making a move on this woman that he's clearly pined for. And all the while, he's investigating a case where there's a man who had so much love for his deceased wife that he once she is attacked and he, he can't really move forward at all until he finds like the killer. So you have this sequence where the, the victim's husband just sits at a train station because he says that he knows that he travels. He has to like come back one day. So he's just waiting there just to see uh, if this guy walks back in. And I think that plays better with the romance because it's like it, it makes him like he basically wants to be that guy. He doesn't want to be in his exact role, but he wants to like have that passion for somebody like this guy has for his deceased wife. That's totally missing. In the American version for me, Ray, he feels bad because he knew this girl. It was like, you know, if his his uh, you know, neighbor's kid got killed. Yeah, uh for me, the original, uh obviously the uh, I mean, is Academy Award winning the this uh the remake, it's it's very it's very generic, you know, but I I I was fine with it. It it did try to do I don't want to say enough uh, differences of its own, you know, to try to, you know, be its own movie. But um, it does pay homages to the original. But um, one of the things I do like about the remake is that th- there are payoffs to so- some of the things that they bring up. You know, um, a- as far as like Ray, what, why is he spending 13 years, you know, every single day looking at, well, the 1900 faces, uh, you know, things like that. It, it, you find out later on that he feels guilty that he told her daughter you know, to go pick up uh, a cake or something like that. So he feels that it was his fault that uh, she, you know, that, that, that she ends up dying. So I get that, and that, that works for me. So the, uh, in, in the original, the, they, he doesn't have that. Benjamin Esposito here, he, he has no ties to, to the person of interest or, or even the, uh, the, the husband in here. So um, the, the things that they introduced in the remake, uh, I feel that they were payoffs. There wasn't really anything that they introduced. I was just like, well, I, I thought that was uh, stupid. But I, I think if uh, you know, if you just watch the remake on its own, I, I think I think people would be okay with it. But it, it's not a great movie. Uh, I don't I don't think well, I'd, I'd watch it again. One of our questions normally is, you know, if you just watch the the remake, do you get a good sense of like why the original was remade, why it was so successful? And I don't think by watching this the 2015 version, you would understand why the 2009 one won best foreign language film. You would just be like, right? No, you'd be like, well, that's just kind of a standard kind of th- 
thriller. Like you just find out who did it, and that was it. It it, it was nothing special. And uh, at the end of that movie, I did kind of wonder. I go, is it because of the twists? You know, and that was really it. But uh, and you know, we're probably going to get into it pretty soon here. But the end was slightly different. And so, do we want to get into that now? Actually, I have just one more thing. We keep, you know, yeah. we're, we're giving people who have not seen this even more content. Basically, we're because I keep putting up spoilers. Uh, since I harped on how much I like the romance angle of the original, can I say that I just do not buy Ray and Claire here in the new one? And that's mainly because Nicole Kidman, I, I felt like, was phoning it in. Like, ridiculous. Like, she basically just showed up. Like, I just had, I felt no chemistry between her and, uh, you know, Mr. Sarandi, whose name I can't pronounce. I just, I just, <laughs> I just could not, I don't know. I just didn't buy it. Like, I, I understood his relationship with Jess. Like I felt those scenes more, but him pining away from Claire, like I don't know, I don't think they gave them enough time, enough screen time to maybe even develop, like they, even a mild like flirtation. Like it's like basically the one scene where she's like taking a picture, and then it's all business. Like there's much more of that in the original, like just those two together. My issue with her is because I mean the the, the last movie I think I saw her in before this one was uh, just go with it, the Adam Sandler movie. You know, and I think I've told you before that I, I really hated her character. And, and so I, I couldn't get that out of my mind. But uh, I, I'm a, I'm a, I must say, at her age, she uh, is still very easy on the eyes. So that's she's, – she's, yet again, just sort of like a trophy to kind of be won here. That's it. And uh, I was actually surprised about the, the scene where she got her blouse ripped. I, I thought that was for us. And then I saw it in the uh, original as well. <laughs> Did so, you feel bad about yourself then? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, that was nice to see, too, also in the uh, original movie. Um, they took a lot of elements. I mean, this was very similar. This viewing uh, was very similar to watching Vanilla Sky and its Spanish uh, Spanish counterpart. It was like that, you know. Where, but it's, you can tell where they, they chose to focus on different things sort of thematically. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so that, that's, that brings us to our ending. Um, as I said in the original, I felt like they were – Focusing more on this detective, on Ben Esposito trying to understand, like, obsession because he feels like he is obsessed with Irene, like he has desire for her. But uh, I feel like his character, he doesn't think that he deserves her. And it's sort of – it's commented on in both films, like, you know, in the 2015 version. I think they the, – there's uh, – Alfred Molina's character says to Ray, like, you know, you, you're not going to, like – get this this great uh, attorney Har- from like harvard. harvard because you went right. to community college or where basically you're just like a, a cop like you know you're nobody um i think in the original that's played up more without without it just being like about how much money they make it's about like he feels like he has to be totally passionate about something like this guy who's grieving for his wife the the husband um so in the the remake, I don't think is as much about, you know, Ray trying to find that passion as you mentioned that he feels guilt. Well, there's obviously no guilt to be had in the original because he didn't, he didn't know the victim. This is just a, right. a case. And it's like how you move forward, like beyond grief. So it's, it's really two different approaches to the, the same exact, you know, plot, but they, they, they chose to go a different way. And I, I kind of, you know, for the purpose of this show, I think that's always a plus because it gives us something to talk about, like instead of just seeing it in a different language. Like with Vanilla Sky, you know, we had that conversation with our mutual friend Carly that, you know, the original was about vanity and mm. and the, the remake was sort of about uh, cultural influences. 
So that's just two different approaches to it. Did you find that the grief angle works because it's way more personal when the big twist, here's your last exit if you've not seen the film, the big twist is revealed that, well, the first twist, I guess, is that the husband or the mother, depending on which film you're watching, has killed this person. That's why they can't find him. That's why they mm-hmm. can't find this person of interest, why he goes off the grid. Um, because, you know, they, they eventually break down and tell the detective, I did it. You know, do with me what you will, but I just had to do it. But it's been set up in both films that neither one of them want the cops to kill this person. And Ray in the the American remake even says, like, we're, we have to kill him. Like in the elevator sequence, he's like, we have to we have to do it. And that's when Julia Roberts, that's when Jess says, no, like, you know, what, four bullets is not good enough. Like, I want a life from him, like a lifetime. So the twist here is that the victims in both cases, instead of killing them, have captured this person. And so the killer being off the grid is actually just imprisoned, like in a prison of one. Did you like the elevator scene? Because there are some differences. Because the I original like, of... I like hmm? the original more. Yeah. Uh, the original is much more threatening because that's the other thing. He pulls thing. a gun out. <laughs> yeah, he has a gun out. Uh, he is he is some sort of government operative. And that's one huge thing I disliked. Initially, I liked that, okay, it's going to be a mother-daughter's role. Because I... I don't. I was talking to to Dave. He was saying this is one of those those trailers. Uh, that's from Dave from Pop Culture Case Study at PC Case Study. Um, was saying he got this trailer on every movie, and I think I only got it once and was only halfway paying attention. And I only had that. I only stopped to think, hey, maybe me and Peter should cover that. I think that was you know that was a foreign language movie. Oh, we'll do that for the podcast. But I didn't even like pay attention to the trailer. I didn't even know that Nicole Kidman was in this. I knew Julia Roberts was. Right. So I thought, I thought this was more like a like a like a scary thriller. Like I I didn't know it was about a murder. So in my head, I I didn't know that they had changed it up like the ages. So I thought Julia Roberts was playing basically the Irene character. Um, um so I think making it mother daughter. Obviously, the victim is much younger. It's like a teenager or like a college age student. And then um, in the original, it's a full grown woman. Full grown woman. You have to make the killer thus like a teenager or a college age kid. And I just don't find him intimidating. I don't care how much you try to make him like a weird little shit. Like he's not some government super spy. Like he's basically a rat. He's just someone who is going into a mosque and like possibly ratting out like, you know, uh, you know, radical terrorists. Like I, I just didn't I, didn't, I didn't find him threatening in the slightest. And another thing I didn't like about the remake was the, they try to fool you, you know, by having two, uh, two characters you know, play, play this uh, person of interest. And like upon watching the remake or the original, I'm like, whoa, there's, there's no second guy at all. It's the same guy. So I, I don't even know what the misdirect was about in the remake. So that, 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 that uh, made me uh, a little offended actually, you know, to, to throw us off that this guy was actually not it. The, the one that uh, Ray has been seeking. I guess um, they're trying to cover up the twist more because I did read some criticisms even though the original, I think, was said like a ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes was very well received, like the mm-hmm. the one review I actually read for this podcast, um, I uh, rented the Blu-ray from uh, Netflix, and I basically look up. Uh, there's a site called High Def Digest, and they do complete like Blu-ray reviews. And normally, I just look it up to see if it's something I want to purchase. If the video is like a an upgrade over DVD quality, or two, if the audio commentary is worth listening to. 
And so after watching this, I was like, well, do I want to put in the extra effort for my good buddy Peter and like really, you know, delve into the commentary? And the commentary apparently was very dry, so I didn't listen to it. But the review, he had big problems. He said the twist was too easy to figure out. And so he didn't really like the original. He's one of the few negative reviews online. And he even said, like, this just wasn't for me. Um, did, did you, I mean, obviously you saw the original second, but do you think if someone was watching this, they would be like, they would know everything before you get to like the last, I don't know, 10 minutes for the original. Yeah. Cause I'm wondering if that's why Billy Ray thought he had to throw in this like crazy extra misdirect. Um, it's really hard to say because that's not the way I watched it, you know? So but you didn't like the misdirect either. So that it didn't no. work for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really hard for me to um to to try even to think in hypothetics. Yeah, if if uh, if I thought that would have been too easy, it's just it it was just difficult because you know there are no ties for for Exposito and Morales, you know the the husband, and so you know we don't really get to see him a, a whole lot. You know, whereas Julia Roberts is the partner or a colleague, you know, so we we get to see her a, a lot. Um. It, can, yeah, it, it adds more guilt, you know. If they're going with that that sort of theme, where Ray feels guilty or feels like he had some hand in getting this this young girl killed, then I guess it adds to the guilt of Jess uh, when she doesn't jump in and say, uh, "You can stop looking for him." Like you've got the wrong guy because going after the wrong guy does get uh, Mister House of Cards shot and killed, which. Right. If she had been up front, that wouldn't have happened. So I guess they're playing into their themes more by doing that. But I I also feel like they were trying to uh, make it more of a mystery, uh, whereas the original, while it is a mystery, I think it's more of a drama, is more of a character study. The uh, I think the original uh, handled the, the second twist a lot better, you know, where you got Esposito driving and he's kind of piecing everything together pulls over to the side of the road and goes back to the farm. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they, they don't let Ray figure it out. He's just like, no. he's like, I'm going to go back and check on her. Yeah, he drops off Nicole Kidman and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go back real quick. Like, n- there's no there's no reason why he's even going back. He's just saying that. Goes back and then, you know, stumbles upon this uh, second reveal that uh, the person of interest has been held captive, you know, all this time. Um, which that, that's another thing that the, the time difference, you know, the original has got 25 years and then the remake has 13 years, um, which was, uh, interesting. The original is actually, uh, kind of a period movie too. You know, the, I, that I didn't even know. Um, yeah, they were trying to, to, to put it, it in a specific political sort of time where, right. um, I believe, war and stuff. well, yeah, I believe that, you know, the government was doing very shady things at the time from what I read. Um, and so that, that's how mm-hmm. that, that person of interest character plays into it. Like, because he is, he's some sort of government spook who's doing all sorts of shady things. Mm. So the ending scene here, the other big difference is, uh, in the original, you know, he, he discovers this guy who's been locked away and it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's, I think it's a difficult scene to stomach no matter how much you, you know, early on you, you saw the rape and, uh, the violence uh, of what this, this person has caused. If you just think about it, like, you know, just trying to conceive of something where you'd be locked away for, as you said, 25 years or 13 years 
um, and had no human contact other than this person who refused to speak to you and just slides like basically like food through bars. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't, it, it's hard to imagine like basically solitary confinement for two decades or a decade. And so how did you feel like, you know, in the, in both versions are, are Ben or Ray, like, it's not like they, they turn in the, the husband or the, the mother, but in the original Ben just, he goes back to go get the girl to go get Irene and they basically live happily ever after. And he just <laughs> leaves it alone. And in the, the, the update version, the remake, Ray encourages Jess to end it. Uh, he even has that line saying that, you know, it's, I think she's the one that speaks. Unlike in the original words, like they have a, like a, a mini conversation where it's like, you know, I told, she says, I told you I wanted a life from him. I didn't want, I didn't want death. And he right. says like, well, it's, you know, you're wasting your life too. It's basically a life sentence for you as well. You have to like take care of him and like constantly be reminded of your daughter's death. I, I feel that, um, in the remake, you know, the, uh, Billy Ray, the director here, uh, and writer, uh, I felt that, you know, by making Julia Roberts the 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 mother of the victim, that that perhaps the American audience would be more accepting of you know killing the you know the, the, the this guy at the end of the movie, um, because I I don't know, because I don't, I mean I, I can't speak for the Argentinians, but yeah, it just in the remake, um, I, I just felt like maybe the American audience would want this guy to have his comeuppance. You know, for for this uh, brutal crime, to uh, a character that we do know, because in the original, this husband, you know, we're we're not that very, uh, we we don't know a whole lot about him, really. I think the original, it's about understanding obsession, and like once he knows the answers, it's this itch that he just, you know, it's just he needs to scratch it, and so decades go past, and once he finally understands. Like A, B, C, and D. Here's what would happen. Here's the timeline of the events. I, I think that's all Esposito needs. Whereas I think it is very much like an American audience thing that we need some sort of closure and we need Ray to. It, it's somewhat offensive because Julia Roberts is playing like some, a very cool character, very <sighs> sadistic in a way that we're not really, we don't usually see like female movie stars play. Like someone mm-hmm. who, we don't usually get to see them play the the badass who gets like revenge unless it's fetishized kind of like kill bill where you know mm-hmm. the bride is kind of a sexy action hero like I, I don't really like that ray comes in and tells jess like here's what you need to do to fix yourself like it <laughs> like clearly she's committed she's been committed to this plan she's lied and uh she's let him sort of waste his life or waste his nights sort of looking at pictures investigating. She's gotten a colleague killed by not owning up to what she's done and him just coming in and basically saying, you need to, you need to clean your room. And she does, she, she does, she shoots the guy and then looks out the window and smiles and he's, he's digging a grave. I just didn't, I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I, I felt that it was, that's your, that's your happy ending right there is that smile <laughs> from Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts with her big nostrils. Um, <laughs> It, it bothered me in the movie theater because it's <laughs> even larger on screen there. Um, this basically okay. So I th- I thought the remake was okay. You know, I I didn't think it was bad. Like you know the you know I 
I don't think it's a waste of time if somebody were to watch this. Basically, what this is is an extremely long episode of a CBS procedural. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if, if you can get down with those type of shows, then that's what this is, really. It's it's nothing great. It's, it's it, it took a lot of elements from the original, but maybe, you know, maybe they should have um, stayed a little bit more true, honor it a little bit more, you know, do it justice. And so, like, some of those changes they made, you know, maybe for Americans to understand it more. You know, the, the sports thing, that's kind of obvious because, I think you know, feel soccer, more comfortable. Is feel more comfortable with what, what basically what goes down, what happens to these yeah. characters, and you know the the, the change in uh, having Julia Roberts as the, the mother's victim versus you know the husband. Uh, I feel again, it's just one of those um, you know CBS pr- procedurals. That's just that's what they do there. So this this movie was pretty cliche with a lot of like uh, you know TV things in, in here. Um, they lost the best sequence, the the sporting event, which they keep, but it just doesn't look nearly as cool. It's not memorable in any way. It's just a generic chase at Dodger Stadium. Um, and they lost the other really cool sequence, which is where his drunk partner saves his life. Like, you know, that they're so scared of this government operative that they have to separate. And, like, Esposito gets out of town. Like, he has to – it's not just that he's – consumed by grief and can no longer work in law enforcement it's he's Mm -hmm. fearing for his life and there's he figures it out that his drunk friend who he had like basically was constantly having to take to his place because he couldn't take him home because his wife was just fed up with him just like being just a loser drunk well this loser drunk like is there and these hitmen come in looking for esposito and he calmly goes and starts turning the picture frames down and right. so when they ask, you know, are you him? After he accomplishes that, he says yes, so that they won't. He knows he's going to die. He's signing his own death warrant, like, but he's willing to make that sacrifice for his friend. And that's nowhere in this. Why? Why did Dean Morris? Why did Hank not get that sequence? That is like awesome. Like, yeah. And I think it goes back to you change the age. You make it a mother. You can't have this teenager like just playing Billy Badass and sending like hitmen over because it wouldn't make any sense. So. Initially, I was kind of cool with the changes. I was like, well, sure, we'll see like a mother's take on it. That's fine. But it, it, you have this like domino effect where they like they lost all of the like the best stuff because of the small changes they made to the story at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it would have been funny, though, like if he's turning down the pictures. I mean, if he didn't do that, they would have been like, well, who's that guy? He'd be like, that's my lover. You know, like in Bad Boys? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. That could have been really funny. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, hey, he he's really working hard to put down these pictures. I was gonna, I was struggling um, with what music I was gonna put at the end of this, but I think now with the Bad Boys reference, you've uh, you've solved that. So the theme to Bad Boys. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, it, it's got the you know like part two is in Miami, so you got some ethnic people there, and you know the original movie is Argentinian, Argentine, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, um, oh, you have any other? Uh, so we'll try to wrap it up. But you know, any more final thoughts on the on this uh, too? I'm trying to think of some of the other changes. So we we talked about. Um, see, I, I I think I think this the, the remake. They were really trying to you know play on the emotional aspect. You know, try to pull at the tug the heartstrings because. In the remake, I feel that they, uh, they they show you the relationship between Julia Roberts and her daughter. Who the, the the actress? She looks just like her too. So I think they casted her, um, you know, uh, you know, a a young lady who looks just like Julia Roberts. But we we didn't get a whole lot of that really with the with the original. 
And I feel, you know, that's just another thing, you know, uh, not fan service, but, you know, I'm going to show you this relationship, you know, to so so that way perhaps the reveal would hit you a little bit harder, you know, trying to make put the audience in Julia Roberts' shoes, you know, by opening up her, uh, uh, the mother-daughter relationship, you know, and things like that. So there were some things to like about the remake. It just, um, I think that those... not doing that in the original adds the mystery a little bit because I watching the original, I was always suspicious of the husband, but not for the, what he was actually doing. I was suspicious because I think, you know, most of the time in these type of stories, it's the significant other that you're, you're wondering if they, they're the ones who actually did it. If it was some sort of crime of passion. And so not having those flashbacks to their, uh, interactions before kept that mystery for me where I didn't really know what, why he was acting so weird, why he was so, so cool about the, the killer walking away, you know, with his life. So I thought that was a more effective misdirect than what they tried to do with the, the horses and the street racing and this guy who had possibly facial reconstruction surgery, but no, it was a, just a different dude entirely. Just. That, uh, that's the one thing I didn't like about the the original was um the age makeup for, for Morales, the, the husband because he looked like he aged a lot more than Esposito did. That's <laughs> because Esposito's got business to take care of. Yeah, yeah. So he he didn't age much except for some of the wrinkles on the face. Irene is is also one person who didn't age at all in the twenty five years, <laughs> like at all. There's like no gray in her hair. Got some of that Nicole Kidman Botox going on, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna say, you know, watch if you've not not seen, you know, either. Of course, at this point, we've we've ruined. Um, the entire movie if you've listened throughout the whole episode but still watch the original it's it's got the better action sequences it's got the better performances for me um, and you get to see a penis you know what <laughs> end of episode <laughs> that's it that <laughs> works. bad boys but theme you- place <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed our version of podcasting Bad Boys. If you have future original and remake suggestions, you can send them to originalremakepod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at Original Remake. You can also find our episodes on followingfilms.com alongside other great podcasts like Hydrate Level 4, Pop Culture Case Study, and War Machine vs. War Horse. But for now, just enjoy the greatness of Michael Bay. some mug shots, so okay. I'm going to hook into the computer and we can do this. Hey, Mike, who's the guy in all the photographs? Hell of a night. I'm going to bed. So, make yourself at home. It's your bed. I sit down, you know, for <clears throat> for a minute, you know, because I'm guarding shit, you know. I'm watching out for the bad boys, so, you know, I, I can see things, you know, you know, real well from my peripherals. You know, for such a stud, Mike Lowry, you sure seem a little rigid about having a girl in your bed. Who? 
Me, Mike Lowry, I'm not rigid. I, I'm comfortable. It's, it's my bed. Why would I be uncomfortable? Mm, I don't know. You know, I think it's more than just wired. I mean, maybe it was all the, you know, guns and stuff. I mean, I've never really shot a gun before, and that's sort of all that, I don't know, steel. And I'm feeling, don't you feel a little funny? Well, I'm not a comedian, but, you know. Yeah. I don't mean like that kind of funny. I mean like funny. You, you, you don't want that. You, you don't want that. Because uh, when I come, you know, I come with the thunder. And that, that's, uh, you sound like you're saving yourself for marriage. Uh, no, that, that, that ain't me. That, that, that's Marcus. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a married one. What's Marcus's wife like? She's like a wife. Well, I mean, she must be pretty amazing to keep a guy like Marcus. <laughs> keep, keep, keep a guy like what? Well, you know, I mean, like watching him tonight. I mean, he's very sort of take charge. You know, the way he was sort of throwing guys this way and that. You know, there's something about him. I don't know what it is. You know, he's so smooth, you know. Boy, I bet his wife's in... Enjoying the smoothness right this minute. <laughs> you got a quality that women respond to. Huh? Sure. I mean, I can't imagine the kind of woman that wouldn't find Marcus attractive. Probably couldn't be around him. And uh, just, uh, oh, you know, like our situation, if two no. people were alone. No, not with a guy like that. Excuse me. <laughs> 